African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. As we continue marking Women's Month, we focus on women and the economy today. How can women form part of the growing the of growing the economy in South Africa and the continent? Can women own successful businesses and most importantly be financially independent? Earlier I spoke to founder and president of Women to Women's Conference, B. Hakula, and I started by asking her how she started her organization. This organization was triggered by my observation when I travel uh, globally, particularly when I attend the Commission on Status of Women in the UN, and observe, observe that as African women, we go there as observers and we don't have anything to table. But most importantly, when we come back, we've got nothing that we are really focusing and say, this is something we are going to be delivering jointly to make a difference in our continent. Secondly, um, the face of Africa and face of poverty in Africa is got uh, is a woman, and therefore we need to change that by joining hands and making a difference. We have a very uh, a, a good strategy from the Vision 2063, uh, the AU Vision 2063, but at the ground level, from the point of uh, civil society and uh, women in business, there's nothing that's really is tangible that is happening. So it's a good strategy that is out there that we need to really uh, give it uh, wills. And this is how Africa for Africa was born. Who is in um, the, 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 the company with you? I mean, speaking about Africa for Africa women, my assumption is that it's a group of women from, from different countries in the continent, uh, Sispi. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We've got uh, ambassadors in various uh, countries. We have uh, ambassadors in which we are actually going to announce in this conference. Uh, um, we've got a representation in India, which is one of the women who's also participating in the BRICS Forum, which I'm part of, Professor Ritu Diwani. Uh, she's the, the Vice President of India Society of Labor Economics because of the relationship that we have as South Africa with India. If for, for us it's important to have that leg, if we think of the IORA that South Africa is part of, and also the BRICS. Secondly, in the African countries, we've got representation from Zambia, we've got representation from Malawi, we've got uh, representation from Zimbabwe, we've got representation from Kenya. So uh, as we go along, we're really building those these networks to make sure that women of Africa are represented. But also in, in in the country, we do have a structure in the various streams that we're focusing on to drive the implementation. So it's not a, 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 a one-person uh, matter or show, but it's a collective of women joining hands, but I'm in the helm as the president driving the initiatives. Mm-hmm. And and tell me a little bit about some of the the milestones uh, of Africa for Africa women. What are some of the achievements? 
I think it is important first to start with the, the, the leadership because as Africa for Africa, we've actually uh, instilled um, and instituted a, a culture of asserting women in the leadership space with our program called I Will, uh, which uh, is power hours that we will roll out in, in various uh, parts of the country. I'm currently here in Ghana. I'm going to have, be hosting one on Monday here in, in, in Ghana. So this is one thing that really women need to jointly help each other to, to assert themselves as leader is, is in their own right. The second one, which is uh, specifically now started in South Africa, but is going to be rolled out in other countries. Uh, we are currently in negotiations with um, with Zambia because they also have a similar uh, initiative. It's a women's bank. We established a what we call uh, Women Building Our Africa, which is WBOA in abbreviation, uh, a financial institution which now is awaiting the, the certification. We've done everything we, with the Reserve Bank. The only delay was the changing of legislation. So this is something that we can be really proud because there we've got in excess of two, approximately 200 members that are members of that organization. And if, if this is a flagship that we can really, within this short space of time of our existence, we can highlight. And then the other one which we, we, we need to flag is promotion of, a, of African fashion. Also, we'll be launching at the upcoming conference, which I'm going to talk about briefly, we'll be launching the, African, the theme for that launch of the African fashion, saying taking the African fashion into the boardroom. Because when you talk about corporate, uh, corporate wear, we always think about the the, the, the the Western kind of you know look. But mm. we need to really, uh, if we really want to change and, and make sure that there's um, a transformation even in the workplace, we need to be able to assert and say, as Africans, what we, do, we, we view within Africa is corporate and be comfortable in who we are. I'm glad that you touched on this Women's Bank of Africa that you have started establishing. And, you know, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking that this would also be part of um, trying to encourage women or to empower women to be financially free. What was your vision behind that, uh, Sisby? Correct. Uh, I've been um, in the space of uh, business and also supporting uh, small enterprises. I've also observed even on a private capacity, that when you approach a bank as a woman, the first thing is that you are asked about your partner. Mm. It, it, it even today is is actually um, a myth that uh, it's it, there's a saying that we are equal. But when it comes to financial matters, you know, you always ask, are you married in community of property? Da, 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 da. And and it's one of the hindrances for women to um, to venture into big businesses. That's why they found in small businesses because investing in big businesses, you ask these uh, bureaucratic and, and, and stifling questions. The second one is that the majority of the, the those that are called unbanked, it's women, you know. Mm. So you, you go to the rural areas, you find that the majority of grand beneficiaries are young women, young and old women, find those that are retired, but they also have young women in that fold. We need to change that picture. Ours is to say, how do we empower these 
young women can still be active participate, uh, participants in the economy of the continent to be able to be self-sustainable. In our uh, culture, the young girls are taught to clean. The young girls are taught to make clothes. You know, they have their parents, you know. And fashion, when you talk fashion, it's about women. So it's one sector that we can easily leverage on whether we're looking at the jewelry, uh, whether we're looking at the clothes, you know. So that's why we say we're taking the into the boardroom because until we professionalize the African look, you know, will always be, 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 be regarded as third citizens when it comes to um, fashion, mm-hmm. you know. And, 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 and therefore, this is the vision that I had to say. When women want to, uh, to, 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 to financial support, whether they want to take their children to school, because if, if the child has to go to school and there's no money, the person who is in the forefront is the mother. If... Uh, there's no food on the table. The person who's actually worried more and trying to make ends meet is the mother. I'm not undermining men, mm. but when uh, chips are down, men, they don't have survival strategies. Mm. It mm-hmm. is us as women who have that. And therefore, this woman's bank will actually cater for such. If there's a death in the family, the mother is at the forefront. Women, in fact, we have our own stock files to deal with that. But it's not commercialized, because, and therefore we don't get the benefit of the interest or anything that that comes with investing in, in, in the financial sector. And we need really to break the barriers because the financial sector is wild, male dominated. Mm-hmm. And it's about time that we have women or, or being dominant in that space. Mm. Do you think women have the potential and the capacity to make greater input into the economy of of the country and of the, the continent at large? Without a doubt, if you want to drive change, South Africa is an example when we talk about how the apartheid was defeated, you know, this being the Women's Month, we're actually celebrating the work of the women that brought the change. If we talk about any change, now the battle that we're fighting now is the economic freedom. We need to have the women at the forefront. First, because they're in the majority. Second is that they're action-oriented, they want results, you know. When they start getting involved in anything, they want results, Mm. quick results. Mm. So they rally behind that as a collective. And we're so used to working together as women. So it's about time that in the issue of uh, growth and sustainability of our continent, we join hands and do what we do best and unite uh, towards changing the image of our continent and the country. Behind this powerful, inspiring woman, there's there's a different bee, I'm sure. Tell us about yourself. Who are you? How would you <laughs> describe yourself? What, what, what drives you? For me, I live and breathe development. I also like fun. So I always go in spaces where I'm comfortable with what I'm doing, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like that I'm working. I must be doing what I'm passionate about. This is what I also preach when I do my coaching and mentorship, to say when you think about, you know, um, your, you know, day-to-day, you must go into a space where every day you wake up, you are inspired to go on and do the, the, the whatever you're supposed to be doing. So this is me. I, I, I like being in that space of making a difference and, and, and changing lives. But also 
I'm a fun-loving person as a Sagittarian. I like fun. Mm. So in my private uh, time, you know, I'm a Christian, so yeah, I sing in church. So this is how I relax, you know. Mm. When you see me there, you don't see the business person, you know, behind uh, the. So when I'm on stage in church, I'm somebody else. Mm. And, and, and what about your humble beginnings? Where did you start? You must have started somewhere before you accelerated into the woman that you are now. <laughs> My my father and was family man, may his rest, uh, uh, soul rest in peace. A man that is actually able to 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 sort of penetrate at a level that most men can't. When you relate with your children mm. in a way that they, they they one they are free to be themselves. Secondly, that you, you actually instill these leadership qualities in, in them. You know. I will just cite one or two examples, you know, to illustrate this, this, this point. I'm a village girl from a small village in Kingdomstown, a singer, you know, which is about five kids out of Kingdomstown, mm. you know. I walk like most rural kids to school, you know. But because of the foundation that he set him, my mother, you know, is that, you know, you are not, you know, you, 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 you cannot be. The, the only person in life. So we grew with many kids in the house. We would bring as a teacher kids that were needy, you know, mm. and be part of the family. So I've got brothers and sisters everywhere. So relating to people and being part of a bigger community, you know, I'm used to it. You know, and therefore, I always think of the next person. Then the second thing is that, you know, having studied in rural areas, and I had to go to the township, you know, when you go to in the rural schools, it's just a combination of everything that they can teach mm. because no t- teachers don't want to go to rural, rural um, schools you know so there I was wanting to do maths and science and at um, uh, the, the junior secondary I did agriculture geography and maths you know listen to that combination <laughs> and being the assertive person that I am I made sure that I studied that science mm. <laughs> I had to sneak out of another class to another, you know, to start to get into the science class. Mm. And I made it because in my mind, my dad told me that nothing is possible. Mm. And I qualified as a BSc graduate, you know, with science and maths as my majors. Mm. And I only studied science at, at, in metric. This, um, I'm, I'm raising it not to break, but to say, one, when you put your mind to something, you can do it. We mustn't think of, I can't. Or my background, you know, determines my, you know, my future. Mm. You need to really focus, you know, um, and live your dream. And everything unfolds as you think about positive thinking helps you get to where you're supposed to be. And how has the strong foundation and sense of knowing who you are and knowing what you want contributed to what you've achieved today or who you are today? 30 years, 20 years later? My two most important values, authenticity, honesty, you know, because you can't go wrong. If you're authentic, you're always yourself all the time and you don't try to be somebody else. I even teach my children to say, don't compete with anyone else, Mm. even amongst themselves. I say, compete with yourself because you've got your own vision, you've got your own God-given talents that you need to unleash. And if you don't do that, you waste your time looking at other people, what they're doing and who they are. Mm. And you actually fail in actually unleashing 
the potential that is within you. The second one, when you are honest, your message is consistent. You don't uh, you know, succumb you know, to situations. Mm. Let's look ahead now. In September, you are hosting another Africa for Africa Women Conference. What yes, can we yes. look forward to? What are your plans for this year's conference? I'm so excited about this conference. One, the theme is that women leadership creating a progressive workplace for growth and sustainability. We have talked about equity in the workplace. Even now, I think this being the month of Women's Month, there are superficial, you know, activities that are saying we are there, we're going towards empowering women and all that. But we need to expedite that. Instead of doing everything in our small corners, we've got the Department of Labor that has got an oversight responsibility in the terms of South Africa. We've got various organizations that are doing uh, uh, your monitoring of how, you know, uh, organizations are progressing. We've got your King 4, which talks about sustainability in organizations. But until such time, we're able to say that sustainability in organizations depends on integrated development in the workplace with women being equal participants as men. So this conference is about that, to say, one, let's celebrate those organizations that are trying to make that happen. We have partnered here with the top employers institute, which certified your organization your organizations that are compliance in terms of the human resource management issues whether you're looking at your equity employment whether you look you you're looking at um, the wellness in the workplace so all those transformational human resource management issues so we partner with them for the reason that we don't want to reinvent the wheel, but we want to, to latch on the companies that are listed there that have made a difference in various areas. One, it says the case they will actually uh, present and share their case studies on transformation leadership and equity in the workplace. And we've selected the six of the top employers to be part of that. We are saying gender equality is a matter, matter of ethics. It's because if we talk about ethics, it's about respecting one another, but in the professional environment. After the conference, we pick up a project, a program that will be implemented. That's how the bank was, uh, you know, came out. That's why now we're talking about launching of the Afrofashion, you know, um, in the corporate environment. We want to have something that's tangible that says, what are we talking about? when we talk about transformational leadership within the context of Africa. Because leadership in Africa is totally different because the other dynamics that are at play. So we always have the European models that we're using from the terms of leadership. But we need insight into within the context of, uh, of, of the African continent. Also take into consideration the, the AU Vision 2063, the various country you know, uh, uh, models and their own development plans. How do you position women in this space uh, to ensure that they stay within the leadership uh, uh, leadership in corporate? We want these businesses that are black women owned to be sustainable. This B, I need to wrap up with you now, but in a minute, because I've got about 30 seconds left with you. 
I can hear your passion. Yes. I can hear that it's genuine and I can hear that you are wanting to make a change, especially in the lives of, of young girls and young women all over the continent. What legacy do you want to leave? I would like to be remembered as a woman that made a difference in the lives of people of the African continent, that positioned women at the center of that change that everybody will marvel years to come. And that is the voice of B. Agula, founder and president of Women to Women's Conference. And I had an interview with her earlier. You can, of course, listen to that interview on Africa Digest later today at 1700 hours Central African time or on our podcast on www.channelafrica.co.za.